This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. I mean, probably some of it has to do with secondary scoring. It's been a while since me, Bear, Cooley, you know, a few other guys have found the back of the net. And, you know, sometimes that's the difference where, you know, you you can't rely on your your big guns to score 3-4 every night. So, um, you know, we've got to start carrying the load a little bit and take a little ownership on that. I think you know we, we had some chances, but that's that's the difference. They, they get a you know goal from the bottom six, and we don't tonight. When you go back to January fifteenth, so that's a stretch of fifteen games right now. They have averaged just two point three three goals a game, so that's twenty ninth in the league. Offense has dried up. Jim Toth, you heard Adam Lowry uh, speaking there about the lack of secondary scoring. Uh, hasn't all been rosy from the blue line. We'll get to that as well. Uh, secondary scoring, a piece of the puzzle. And then Sarah Leski, um, over the last little bit, 29th in the league, 2.33 um, goals per game, uh, adding up to a 2-1 loss yesterday to the New York Islanders in a game that I thought was actually really exciting. It was a good hockey game. Um, I, I'm not one of those big proponents that a game needs to be 5-4 for it to be exciting. You can have really close games. I mean, you you can tell the kind of game that the Islanders want to play 100%. And uh, the Jets, once again, they haven't beat the Islanders in the last six tries, Jim. Yeah. And it's like the Islanders know exactly how to beat the Jets every single time. And they, I think most of these times that they played, it's been like a 2-1 game where they just lock it down and the Jets just don't have enough to get past them. Well... Kelly Moore's right. Last night on the post-game show. And so, like Christian O'Mal said, I, I don't want to lump in what's been a very good season for the past three games. And Kelly said, well, I'm talking about the last 17 games. And what yeah. Kelly was referencing there is the scoring. They yeah. they have had an issue putting up some. And then Sarah mentioned it there. And that's what I thought last night, too. Like, I, I like the way the top six played. I like the chances it created. They almost opened the scoring with that great feed Ehlers to Wheeler. Yeah. Um, but then, like, there, there's that, nobody... That puck could have been going in the net, too, if it wasn't for that uh, quick whistle there for, for Sorokin, too, as well. But, in the first but they period. just, they're not, like, when they don't score three goals or more, they lose. And when they score three goals or more, and three goals isn't a lot in today's NHL, but they just can't seem to buy one. And, and when they can, like, you look at that Ranger game and everybody's focusing on Connor Hellebuck. They scored four goals in that game. Yeah. And Connor Hellebuck saved their bacon on that one and won them the game. But not only were the I've said I said this after the game uh, or the show after that Ranger game and people were debating me on they didn't play well and they got fifty shots against the four goals they scored was how they have to score mm-hmm. they were putting pucks to the net going to the net and scoring and Ehlers through the zone wired a beauty uh, not Ehlers he did that last night yeah. but I, um, Mark Shifley's going to the net bounces in that one rebound he backhands going through the slot like the tough area. It's just, it, it seems, it's one of those things to me, Cam, that the coach is clearly telling him because he tells us, go to the net, yeah. get some greasy goals. He's been saying that for months now. And when they do it, they have success. And when they don't, and and so last night I thought it was again, and then I just thought, man, they could use some secondary scoring. Like the, yeah. the way the top six or the bottom six produced the first two months of the season just isn't there. And Adam Lowry mentioned it. I think it's been 31 games since he scored a goal. Yeah. And he's had opportunities. And it's just like last night, if the bottom six contributes one goal, 
They get a point out of Over that Over the game. last little bit, Jim, and here was Rick Bonus after the game. Well, we need more from the bottom six, there's no question. So we just keep getting them out there, and eventually uh, they work hard, they generate things. They can't pass up any opportunities to shoot the puck, which I thought we did tonight a few times. But they, they're working, they're banging around the net. It's just not going in for them right now. Andre uh, texted here, says, during the power play, um, nobody parked in front of the net playing b-ball five seconds uh, in key, um, not uh, so. I'm not sure what the what the end of that means, Andre. My my, my apologies. But here. here's the thing: last night, Cam, they need a compass to go north south. When they go north south, which even when the eight Rangers were piping 50 shots at them, they when they had the puck, which wasn't often, they went up and down the ice. Last night was board to board to board trying to go through zones. I, I, I just don't think that. Is this is this group right now, and we've seen them capable of going north south? Are they capable of doing it consistently? Well, and when they and it's hard work. Like it's it's hard to go north south all the time. It is, and and I'm not saying they're lazy or anything like that. But like so many times in the offensive zone last night, there's two pass attempts. So you get even a two on two or a three on two, and there's there's a third pass being attempted that's picked off, or the or the path path. Passes through the zone, like through the the slot yeah. and stuff. It just that's what the Islanders know how to do. The Islanders know how to just be in lanes and prevent you well, from it's, doing it's things. The, it's the fancy stuff, and with well, Mason Appleton and Nikolai Ehlers, and the puck goes the other way. Uh, you know, Kyle Connor down low tries to go to his back and make a backhand yeah, pass. I mean, it's that's that's what's sinking him, Jim. So it's, it's stuff like that, that's and what it's I mean. it's a go small raise. It's a razor thin margin of error when they're not getting the secondary scoring. Get through zones, get in the zone, and do something with it. Yeah. Don't look to be doing more with it. Um, and and I know that easy for me to say, and I'm not playing the game. I get that, but that's just what I see. And they're so skilled in the top six. That they're they're trying to again. It was just another night where they were overpassing. They were trying to create too much. It's almost like they're they're too skilled. It, against the Islanders, the difference between the Islanders and the Devils and the Rangers is the Islanders aren't as good. I think, and they were given stuff. They're like they certainly were, they were not get, as skilled. There was stuff there that you didn't have to pass. Yeah, you could put a shot on net, and there's two other guys going to the net, and they just tried to make one extra pass for that clean shot. And so it must be frustrating as a coach. I would assume. I don't think they're a bad team at all because of it. It's just like this team has a blueprint on how to be successful. And I always give the other team credit. Like, but last night, I don't I don't give the Islanders a lot of credit last night. There were they overpassed from things that weren't like closing fast or or being taken away from them. They were passing when the the shot to the net was there. Yeah. And so um, it's difficult. But that being said, Cam, like I think a lot of people, given the fact that they went one on three, the only bad game on this road trip was Columbus. That's the only bad game they played. Totally. And as much as I'm saying north-south and they could have done things better, I think what's lost in this, and and a lot of fans are going to disagree with me, is they got a score, yes. They defended well. Just the turnovers cost them on this road trip. Yeah. And I can name all of them for you. They would have had a shutout in New York if they didn't take the puck from Shifley in front of the net. If Kyle Connor does something with that puck when he had more than enough time to, or last night if Kevin Stenlin just makes the easy play up the boards, takes a bit of a bump, not even a big hit, and gets it out, these goals don't go in. And I know it's easy to look back at turnovers and go, well, these ones, but those are bad. 
because because what the coach said after the uh, New Jersey game is we made mistakes, which is going to happen, but we made mistakes when we had time not to. Yeah, and those are the turnovers that I think cost you games. It's when you have time to make a play, you don't make the right one, and it ends up in the back of your net. Uh, yeah, a big piece of this sort of this conversation, of course, and we're going to get into this. I I did a deep dive. I don't know if anybody remembers, but back on December seventh, um, I I did a real good look at at the fourth line and, and how the production that coming from the fourth line was uh, a big factor in why the Winnipeg Jets had such a start uh, this this season over last season. I, I I took a look back at that, um, and I also looked at the third line in terms of how their numbers looked in the year in the twenty twenty two portion of this season compared to the twenty twenty three and and when we get to that i don't think you're going to be surprised by by the information that we get to in that but this is also a piece to why the winnipeg jets have not been able to score over the last 15 games josh morrissey has had three goals and nine assists for 12 points as a defenseman pretty dang good that's this is now 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 when you look at the rest of the blue line right you have almost exactly the same amount of points over six of them Who've, 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 who've got into there. So the rest of them have combined for two goals, 12 assists, and 14 points. Almost just a little bit over what Morrissey's been able to do by himself. DeMello, who, of course, you're not relying on him for offense. He's got two assists. Uh, Brendan Dillon, he's got three assists. Pionk, a goal and five assists. So almost half of what the combined total is outside of Josh Morrissey. Uh, Schmidt's got a goal and two assists. Sandberg and, and Stanley both have have goose eggs. And and that was a big part about why this team was finding success. And they haven't dropped too much. I think they've dropped to only fifth in terms of uh, defenseman scoring. But they were up there. They were number one for a long time, Jim, by, by quite a large yeah. margin. Maybe uh, I think the the Sharks were ahead of him just because of Eric Carlson, and he's going to say 75 points or whatever. But, you know, while we're going to get into the secondary scoring and why that's not working, uh, the blue line is not chipping in like they were before as well. Yeah. Well, that, that's a fair point because we, when we say secondary scoring is dried up, a lot of the secondary scoring was defense scoring. Yeah, I, and that's I, I a think great you, point. you group you group them into the secondary scoring. Yeah, and I mean, like they're running through it last night. Um like, Dale, I don't put, mean to put too much. Like, Neil Pionk is having a pretty good offensive year, 25 points, and he had a great game the other night. Yeah, um, but he could still contribute a little bit more. Um, Nate Schmidt, they need more. They need more than three well, Nate, points in 15 games. The thing games, about man. Nate Schmidt, and they made this point in the post game, so I don't want to steal their thunder, but I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, he used to pinch. He used to get into the play. Like, that was his game. That was his game yeah. in Vegas. That was his game in Washington. It didn't go that well in Vancouver, but when he was doing well this year, that's what he was doing, and he's just not. like he's. It's sort of like they're defending more. It's sort yeah. of like they came out of the break, and they're like, okay, we are where we are, but the games are going to get tougher, and it's going to become like playoff hockey, and we got to defend, 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 and I get that. Like That's why Kyle Connor's behind the net in New Jersey. The problem is, is he made a mistake with the puck, and then he yeah. ended up with the, but But that's a good thing Kyle Connor's down there, and it's a good thing that... The but the problem is is that's not who they are. I don't think the way they found success was having mobile D. And I know games are tougher. Yeah. I know the 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 margin of error is thinner. But you can't also get away from what you found successful. And I just think that since the the All Star and the the player break, they it's clearly a more focus on defending well. Yeah, which they do need to do. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's maybe gone a little bit too far that they're they're now not contributing or, or jumping in the play as much. They've got to embrace it, Jim. And it seems like to me that they've become more frustrated by the fact that it's getting tougher. Well, I think they're frustrated because, like Kelly's point last night on the post game here on 680 CJB, they're just not playing well. They haven't had a good 
Like they're, I mean, they haven't been four, able to string, before this road yeah, trip. Yeah, they were yeah, like five yeah. and twelve or something. Or they haven't been able to string together a real good run of of five or six games. Where even if they don't win them all, they can look at themselves and say, "Listen, we played exactly the way we need to play." But that's the thing. Like I like the way they played, save for the Columbus game in these three games. It was the turnovers and then the lack of north south. But you're right. I would say they they haven't been able to be consistent. Yeah. In the past 17, 18 games, they haven't been able to. You know, because the first month of the season, remember we were all talking about those nine games and how tough they were going to be? Yeah. And then whether they won or lost in Dallas or Colorado or where, or Vegas, they, they predominantly for two-plus periods yeah. played the same way. Yeah, we got to take a break. We'll come back. Got a bunch of text messages here from everybody, 204-780-6868. Uh, this texter says, Jets, third, fourth line, hardest hands in the league. Uh, the Grampinator, always appreciate uh, Gramps' text message. Uh, Tongue-in-cheek, of course, when I say that. I'm just kidding, Gramps. Uh, they don't shoot enough or crash the net. When I think of 55, what comes to mind? Uh, Jets, lucky to get a wild-card spot. Well, let, let's just, just hold on. They're a point off of being the, the lead for the Central. I know that Colorado's coming up on their heels here, and that just makes Friday's game on right here on 680 CGLB even bigger. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, four points back of the Winnipeg Jets uh, in the Central Division, and they uh, have got three games in hand. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Uh, I'll get into those numbers. Just how, where is the fourth line? How have they been performing? Um, have they seen more ice time? Have they seen less ice time? Has that been a part of what's been going on? And as well, the third line. Let's look at 2022 from Mason Appleton and Adam Lowry and Morgan Barron. And, and I know there's been injuries in there, particularly with Barron and Appleton for an even longer period of time. But I think it's a worthy look to see uh, just how stark the change has been in terms of points per game and all that sort of thing and why this is also contributing as well as the blue line to why the Winnipeg Jets just have struggled in her 29th over the last little bit in team scoring. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Hello, Sarah. Hello. How's it going? Hi, Sarah. I was going to take a drink of water first. You know that this is your time to shine. You can't just be taking sips of water. You get hydrated for the one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Thank you. Sarah, are you a coffee drinker or a tea you drinker? Get the power. Both, both. both. Uh, Definitely coffee, start yeah. with I thought, coffee. I thought then... it was only coffee. No. I saw you bring in all those coffees. I didn't get one. <laughs> still on this. Well, no, I have a big... still on it. You brought 12. <laughs> no. You, brought, th- you basically three. brought enough coffee that you needed a cart. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <I> have... <laughs> so she's walking in with, like, you know, like a box. Here's yes. a cart full of 12 coffees for everyone except for you, you and, and you. You, you know those ones play. that you can get with those, the, those that got the, the handle yes, on the it jug. for, like, a big yeah. group? The jug. I'll bring a jug one She had day. two of those. No, I didn't. And said, yeah, Cam, else, you, yeah. you can't have any. Cam, she looked at me and said, you can't have any. Cam, can you go tell everybody their coffees here? Thanks, Cam. <laughs> I do have a stash of tea in my desk if you want some tea. Ooh. I'm a big tea drinker in the afternoon. Yeah. What's your yeah. tea? What's your go-to? I know what you're doing, Sarah. You want us to leave the show, <laughs> and then Heather Steele comes down and say, why are you going through your coworker's desk? <laughs> Caught in the act. It's my over. favorite tea is probably like Earl Grey oh, or yeah. chai. Okay. Earl yeah. Grey? Yes. Number one, making an afghan. Earl Grey, hot. Do you take your teeth out and make an afghan when you sip Earl Grey? Do you know what I'm referencing there? Earl Grey, hot. No. Actually, Earl Grey is very good. John Luke Picard. I didn't. No. Captain of the Enterprise. The next generation. Okay. Okay. We have a power play question here. Oh. It's from Kevin, the producer. (laughs) The producer. The (laughs) producer. Who else? 
With the trade deadline looming, oh it's God. March 3rd, by the way, Sarah. Yeah. Okay. Would you it trade is. Cam and Jim for 12 donuts or 12 coffees you brought in yesterday, which <laughs> none were for Cam or Jim? The coffees, Good for question. Sure. So you would trade Cam and Jim for 12 more coffees? Well, it's either coffee or donuts. There's no other. Are these black coffees? Are no. they double doubles? Like a one and one. Are, they... are these like uh, some kind of caramel macchiato no, or something? No. If Just it's like a latte a... or like a London <laughs> fog, I, I might see where she's coming from. I would from. like to see if she could get caramel macchiatos for us because those are high end and I don't think we could get that. I don't know. Does Tim's do that? We'll no. see. But other outlets does. But Tim's has a double double. I think you can get yes. double doubles for us. I. Uh, tomorrow it is. We'll put an end to this. No, no, I don't <laughs> want a coffee from you, Sarah. Thank you. I That's been your one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. I couldn't possibly accept a no, coffee. No, I wouldn't now. Okay. I couldn't possibly. This okay. has been my favorite one-minute power play. See, I would just politely say thanks, Sarah, but no thank you. Cam would say thanks and then dump it out on the floor right in front of you out of spite for three days ago. Oh, my Very gosh. spiteful. This one tomorrow. That's my own move. Like, you can't. That's exactly what I was going to do. Thanks have for another great, fun segment, Sarah. Yeah, have a great Thursday. Enjoy your coffee or tea. Oh, I will. My mic cut up there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> It's sure. a sign I have to go. <laughs> sure. Mic cut out. Sure it did. Help me. Help me. Uh, My mic cut out while I was typing this to HR. (laughs) 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Taking a look at the fourth line and third line scoring here for the Winnipeg Jets. And and again, I I, I did sort of um, a deeper dive in this back in December. And uh, actually, Jim texted me and he says, why don't you finally do something for the show Text me this last night and says, "Why don't you get on these numbers, uh, you lazy?" Can't repeat what else the text message said. Cam, I know this is the time you go to bed because you get up early, but I'm going to watch a movie. But <laughs> yeah. in the meantime, why don't you? Yeah, the text do me- some work. Yeah, on the this. eleven like forty five texts. Like maybe you can we can do without those. Yeah, I just wanted to say why because I'm trying. Sports to- never sleeps, Cam, and yeah. neither should you. Um, the fourth line. Okay, let's just we'll look at the fourth line here, and then we'll get to the to the third line as well. So the fourth line, December seventh um, at ten, uh, they averaged back then in December seventh, averaging ten minutes and nineteen seconds of ice time a game, uh, plus sixteen uh, in terms of plus mi- minus and a point per game rate of zero point two three. So about uh, a point every, uh, every each player had about a point every five games or so. Um, that, that included on that list, uh, uh, Kevin Stenlin, Sacramento line and Axel Janssen, Fialbi, Sam Gagne, uh, Dominic Toninato at the time, Jansen Harkins and Mikey Ace, uh, Michael Asamont. While the new list, uh, has Carlson Kuhlman, David Gustafson, who has of course not played over the last little bit, uh, but I included him on this list. Um, uh, Kevin Stenlin, Sam Gagne, Sacramento line, and then Axel Janssen, Fialbi, who's just called up, uh, on an emergency basis. What's happened now is you've seen the fourth line's minutes, time on the ice, increase by a minute and 14 seconds over December 7th. So it's gone up to 11 minutes and 33 seconds. The plus minus altogether throughout the entire season has dropped from plus 16 to minus 10. 
and the point per game has dropped uh, just just a touch there um, in, in terms of how much points they're able to produce uh, from 0.23 to 0.20. Uh, so, so not a real significant drop there, but what you're seeing is you're seeing an increase in ice time uh, lead to a bigger swing in plus minus, uh, as well as uh, a point per game also dropping uh, dropping slightly there. Um, when we go to look at the third line, this is a, an, an even bigger uh, stark change. Um, and I understand, and just, just a reference, I'm, this is not um, something that I'm, um, um, you know, running away from or hiding, but I just included it in here just to take a, a, a bigger look at this. Um, understanding that, that Mason Appleton has missed a significant amount of time this season with injury. Uh, Morgan Barron also miss, missed some time uh, due to injury as well, about 12 games or so. Uh, but taking a look at Mason Appleton, um, uh, had six points over 14 games uh, to start the year. Uh, Adam Lowry was on an incredible pace, the best of his career. Um, with 21 points in 37 games. Morgan Barron started off the season over his first 27 games uh, with nine points, and that was in 2022. As we switch the calendar year uh, past January 1st of 2023, and Mason Appleton has only played six games so far, but he's only got two assists. Um, Adam Lowry uh, has not scored um, since December 11th versus Washington 31 games ago. Uh, Mason Appleton has not last scored since november 8th versus dallas of course he missed a lot of time uh with injury there uh morgan Barron as well last scored january 8th um versus vancouver and he's only got four points in the 19 games so far in in 2023 sacramento linen hasn't scored since december 4th sam gagne hasn't scored since january 10th and he hasn't played every single game he's been in and out of the lineup um as a healthy scratch uh, here and there kevin stenland uh 10 games since he got a point and that point was uh was an empty net goal and um carson coolman hasn't had a point in in eight games um yeah, so so it's. I mean, I'm just painting the picture here of of what's going on and and where this sort of this lack of scoring is. is so when from. they and some fans were weighing in, Chris on social media with me last night and stuff. But um, so when they don't score, when they score two goals or less, they're three twenty and one. Yeah. However, when they score three goals or more, they're thirty two and two. Mm-hmm. I think this team will still score. But the bottom six, I don't know if that's leveling off from the start of the year. They definitely AC and stuff like that. But they need to start producing. Was that something. at a higher rate than probably we can expect over the rest of the season? Well, I don't think, I think it's, it's a higher rate than good playoff teams. Third, bottom six. I think you have to produce at that rate that they were the first two months of the season to go far in the playoffs. So, so here's the question: reverts back to yesterday's topic. Do you go all in or do you not? And and when I mean all in, yeah. if things are going to cost you three assets, do you kick in a fourth to get it? Does Kevin Cheveldayoff balance how he approaches this, given the fact that in a year from now, like, so here's my philosophy on this. I think he should go all in. Mm-hmm. I think the key member to all the people we were not talking enough about is Connor Hellebuck. It doesn't matter if Shifley, Dubois, and Wheeler and whoever else all resign next season and come back for three to six more years. You need Connor Hellebuck. And if Connor Hellebuck leaves here, the chances of bringing in somebody as equal as goodly, equally as good as him, are minute. We were, we were saying finding this yesterday. another decent yeah. goalie is is around, but how to get him here and what to do with it. And I'm sorry with the system right now. There's nobody right now that in a year from now is going to be Connor Hellebuck. So I think you go all in. 
and you do it this way, you do it for two reasons because you make a run this year and you see what happens in the off season but if you have to run it back again and you take that then you you run it back again and try to win the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. and when i mean all in i mean if you need to send Hinola and Brad Lambert and two first round picks to get Meyer and they're sitting there saying well we'll we'll take one first round pick but one Cole Perfetti thrown in here i do it and then you get Timo Meyer in this top six, and you have him in the top six, even at $10 million per next year, and Connor Hellebuck's here, and Shifley and Dubois, and you make a run at another Stanley Cup. Because you're not, you're, no matter what happens with these guys' contracts after next year, mm-hmm. you're not going to be as close as you are now. I look at it, is that really what the Winnipeg Jets need, though? Well, then that's the question. Like, so to the bottom six thing you're discussing that's what I'm today. Saying. This is what I'm, the point I'm trying Are they to make. better off to use those assets to go get Nick Schmaltz or Van Riemsdyk, uh, Jacob Bukes, Chikrin? Bukestad, yeah. Bukestad, Jacob yeah. Chikrin, augment this lineup and make a good good healthy run this year but the overall picture of how to fix it is a different conversation to me on if you just go all in and I just think that with this franchise Mark Scheifele will be 30 Blake Wheeler will be without a contract Dubois apparently leaving after next year that if you go all in right now then you can make two runs at it and then you just sort of go yeah we depleted the cupboards and we lost three key members to free agency but we went for it and I wonder if the pain fan two seasons from now will pay to watch a rebuild. I don't think that's it. it and it when depends, I say rebuild, on, you'll, you'll still have Connor Ehlers and stuff. But like, so to me, like I just, see, I look what, at other if you're franchises. Going, if you're going through a rebuild like that, Jim, what, what hope do you have of re-signing Kyle Connor? If, if you're going to be doing that, you might as well just, as soon as those two years are up, you got two years left on his deal. But Some Cam, team will pay a freaking So you don't give away a lot. You augment the bottom six. Yeah. And then two guys leave anyway. What are, what are your chances of signing them then well, anyway? I, one thing I do agree with you, Jim, is that Connor Hellebuck, he is the hinge in all of this. Nothing beyond him. He has, since his time here, has been the smoother of this team that has consistently calm down other bigger, much larger problems that this club has faced. Tampa Bay for five years has gone all in. And they retool every year around it. They have no picks. They have no young prospects. And they continue to bring in the Nick Pauls at the deadline. They, and, they, and have, they, they, they have a to, few of the best players in the league at, at certain positions locked up for sure for a long well, time. Well, this year they that, do. That, yes, but that— They just did that this offseason. Nikita Kucherov and Stamkos and Vasilevsky and Hedman have been signed on that Vasil, team for a long time. Vasilevsky just signed, and uh, Sergeyev has just signed. Yeah. And they did Stamkos and Kucherov when they came up. But that's what the Jets have done. They got Shifley, Wheeler, they got Morrissey. It's not realistic here, Jim. I just don't see it as realistic. I just don't. I just don't know how else you win. I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, that's exactly how you'd lock up all your guys, every your your core, and retool every single year. Don't worry about first-round picks because you're going to be able to bring in good, good players that are going to augment and do exactly what you need to have. That's a perfect scenario. That's not what's going to happen here. It's just not. I just don't. I don't see that from happening. What I see. Why not? Is though, is, is with she- this core? The core uh, is they're, gonna, not, they're not going to resign here, Jim. Why this not? Is the, this why is the, not this is the take, big question? Why here. not take two runs at it with this good team that you've built? Why don't you spend all your not all of it, but a good portion of your capital to make a run at it this year and then again next year, 
And then if if people can re-sign, great. But most likely they're not, right? The pro, I, I, the way that I think like that this team— Like what is team, Brad Lambert, Cole uh, Perfetti, and Chaz Lucius and Billy Hainola going to do for you a season and a half from now with no Shifley and Dubois and potentially Hellebuck? I think Hellebuck's the guy that, that has the, the highest rate. So my point sign. is, why not but spend— Hellebuck, But Hellebuck has said, as long as—he said this in the offseason— as long as the Winnipeg Jets are going forward, I'm committed to this team. He said that. So so is Mark Shifley. And if we're taking people for their word, Dubois has said, I'm not staying here. Well, yeah. So then you have them right now. You're not finding another Dubois in this offseason. You're not trading him, and you're definitely not signing one. So to my point is, why not, and this is my point, if it's Timo Meyer and Jacob Chikrin, And it it, costs you those four prospects and two first-round picks. Why not spend it? No, no, no chance. Why? You don't do it, Jim. You don't. Because there's no guarantees. You bring in Jacob Chicken and Timo Myers. There's no guarantees. So so what you're doing is then you're going to have a team that's going to be in this market for four or five years that is going to be going through a hard rebuild. Or— And they they can maybe get to the second round. Okay, or what if they Cam, get bounced or they get hit with or Florida Cam, Panthers? You'll or, have a, you'll have a, mar- a team in this market for sixteen years instead of eleven, doing the exact same thing year after year. I think that and I having will, a good I team. Hopefully, you this. catch lightning in a bottle. But if you don't, as long it, I, I will agree with you. As long as Connor Hellebuck is here, it opens up a lot more opportunities. There's no doubt about that. I'm 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 not dancing away from he's that. He's here now. The consist how the Winnipeg Jets. I think, and this is just my opinion about how they are able to challenge for the cup is they consistently find a way each year. And if they might miss it every now and then, but they, they, they stay stable and, and they get into the playoffs and then see what happens. But like this team trading away first round picks and prospects when it's the only hope in hell that you're going to be bringing first round talent into Winnipeg. You, if you're going to be trading away first round talent, you better be getting term in, in, in its place. Because if you're trading, you're not going to be able to bring in first round talent in free agency. The only way you're going to be able to do it is from trade. And the only way that you're going to be able to keep them around here, which the Jets have had success for, is by bringing in guys with term and then they re-sign. Those are the only ways that you're going to bring so that sort of talent fair in. Enough. That's why the team has invested so much into scouting and drafting, right? So if they just blow it all on a two-year run, man, that sounds wonderful. The Winnipeg Jets are really challenging for the Cup. There's no guarantees in anything. There's no guarantees in playing it safe like the Jets have been doing so far. But it's it's the way that this team stays relevant consistently. And when the time is right, Dayoff has traded away a first-round pick before. He's, he did it for Kevin Hayes, and he and he did it for um, and he did it for Paul Stasny as well. When he thinks they have a chance, I think it's in play. I wouldn't be surprised if he traded away the first round pick here. But if you're going to be trading away Chaz Lucius and Cole Perfetti and Ville Hainala and, and all this sort of thing, I I I just think that it's 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 the cost over the long term is just. It's too much. It's, it's risk too reward much. is what it is. It's risk reward. Yeah. Jim, you might be 100% right. And we could talk about this and it's like two years from now, hey, they went to the Stanley Cup final. Maybe they didn't win, but you go, okay, it was worth it. But if you if you stay consistent, I think if you get your way into the playoffs, just like the Washington Capitals did, you get your way into the playoffs here and there, eventually you're going to break through at some point. You're going to make a good run for it. When the Jets were in 2018, they were the second best team in the league. And then things didn't go so well the following year because they had issues with center that weren't fixed. I'm a patient draft develop 
kind of guy add when you've got something and I'm different I think you go all in you spend those six assets and get Timo Meyer and Jacob Chikrin if you can and you make a run this year and you make a run next year and then you try to resign who you can and if you can't you deal with the fallout we'll be right back Chats at noon on 680 CJOB well Kevin texts the show he goes about the discussion should Shovel Day Off go all in Kevin goes again Letter Buck, all in. Scott says, easy. Perfetti's going to go to center, tossing it all in, tosses away the next seven seasons in a small market. Come on, man. And that's that's the conversation. That's the conversation. Okay, well, then for the next seven seasons, do you want to watch guys like Shifley and Dubois and Hellebuck potentially walk, and you have good draft picks coming up, and you hope you catch lightning in a bottle? Like, I'm not pulling this out of my my butt. Yeah. Colorado faced this with Nazim Kadri. Could Colorado desperately use Nazim Kadri this year? For sure they could, especially with Landeskog out. Yeah, they couldn't afford him. They it's didn't totally, worry about it. It's a completely they different loaded, scenario. They loaded up knowing they wouldn't be able to re-sign their second-line center, who is more than a point-a-game player and a career year. Yeah, but Tampa Jim, Bay they lost knew their that entire third line. They had line. Landeskog already signed up. They already had they, they have guys on long-term it's completely different. It's not Cam. Yes, they got, it is. They're on long term, and they continue to. They have. They dealt their first round picks. The team would handle this so differently if you had Dubois and Shifley uh, Cam, signed up. You've long had term. Shifley for seven or eight years. You've had Dubois for five after next year. You've got Morrissey for six. You've had Hellebuck since his career started. They've signed long term. Bufflin resigned long term. Wheeler resigned long term. They've done the exact same thing Tampa has done, signing long term deals. The problem is those long term deals are running out, and you can't afford them all again. So you trade so everything. Go so you for get rid of everything. You don't trade everything, but you overpay to make a run this year and next year, and you have a legitimate chance at a Stanley Cup for two years in a row before those long term deals they've signed run out. No, I don't think so. No, you, okay, you can't. You well, can't. You can't trade everything. I, I, and I think I'm that not there's saying everything, but I would. I would trade. I would trade. See, four like if you're going to overpay that amount, Timo Meyer and Jacob Churkin, you're going to need to bring it a little bit better than that. If you're going to be trading a bunch of stuff away into this team. A Timu Meyer in this top six and a Jacob Chicken in this top go. four, Jim, that could win you a cup. I I'm not convinced of that. I'm thinking that it gives him a and good chance. And then you chance. add in Nick Schmaltz or whoever with another deal, and you load up, and you have two straight years of contending for a cup. Or and then what? you can spend the next seven years watching Lucius and Hainola and all them develop, and you hope you get to this point again we gotta go, Jim. in We're seven years. All right, see you tomorrow. See you. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.